Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Startup Garage. I have with me Shreyasi Singh, the founder and CEO of Harappa Education, which is an online learning institute offering courses with some very unique curriculum designed around foundational habits. Uh, Shreyasi started her career in journalism and then moved to higher education industry and now is an entrepreneur. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Shreyasi. It's glad to glad to catch up with you. Thank you so much for having me. We are delighted to be here. I love podcasts, so I never say no to a podcast uh, interview. <laughs> yeah, and also I heard that you you yourself are a podcast junkie and you love to hear podcasts. Which which are which are your favorite podcasts to listen to? Uh, so I think I have several. I feel like everything I've learned in the last three or four years has been uh, through podcasts, especially in the entrepreneurship journey. Wow. So my favorites are. Um, I think some obvious entrepreneurship uh, ones. So I uh, I love obviously Reed Hoffman's Masters of Scale. Um, I love the Tim Ferriss podcast. Um, there's also another podcast by called Coaching for Leaders. Uh, and then I love Hello Monday by LinkedIn. Uh, there's a host called Jesse Hemphill who hosts it. And last but not the least, um, there was a two season podcast uh, that I loved. It was great women of business, so it was about uh, uh, you know lots of women entrepreneurs from uh, from Martha Stewart to Julia Child to um, uh, you know the woman who built Tupperware. So very very interesting oh, okay. uh, stories. So those are my top five. I also host a podcast. I don't know at Harappa we have our own podcast called oh. Habits Matter. Okay, okay, that that's really interesting. And first off, congratulations on hitting the six-figure mark in the number of learners at Harappa. It is, it is absolutely delightful to see skill building grow in our country so fast. Thank you so much. It was a yeah, it was a really humbling and proud moment for us. We were very excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And uh, also, Tracy, I I know that there is an there is a very interesting concept and story behind the name Harappa. So. Uh, can you share that story with our listeners? What what is the concept behind uh, the name? Sure, you're asking me all my favorite questions from podcast to then uh, the, the the meaning behind the name Harappa. Uh, so I think uh, my co-founder and I, Pramath um, and I, uh, three reasons why we picked the Harappa name. I think one, we were very um, we were very determined to have a name that was evocative of the cultural fabric. Uh, you know of the region that the company is brought in because you know you are an english language yeah. online learning product the fact is that you can access markets outside of india faster than other businesses right yeah. and you know we do hope for that to be a business opportunity for us but even if we were to go to say any other country uh, the fact that the the company is called harappa was evocative obviously of this uh, you know uh, india and the and the in the the largest subcontinent in the region here so that was very important to us us um second i think there are three attributes of the old harappa that you know we want to appropriate as hopefully attributes as we build our harappa one is the notion of a pioneering civilization right like much like the uh, uh, the harappan civilization was a pioneering one right. we feel like we're a pioneering force at 
you know, at the frontier of several trends that are converging in higher education. So that pioneering spirit was uh, was very important to us and really appealed to us. Second was the fact that there was there's a timelessness to the um, to the civilization. It's a five thousand year old civilization that is still evokes a strong um, imagery, right, uh, for all of us. Yeah. And you know, of course, we want to build a timeless institution that endures beyond. us and of course uh, you know forever and third was just a kind of skills that we speak about um as a foundational right there's like a lot of foundational wisdom i don't think we sort of have invented any of these skills uh they're ob- almost obvious skills and i think just the strong foundations of that civilization as well um appeal to us so i think those are uh, two big reasons a cultural heritage as well as these three particular attributes right right that's that's really interesting and also since you talked about some foundational habits and i and i was reading online and i saw that most of your courses are structured around these foundational habits and these cognitive skills uh, so why do you think it is so important today and particularly because i see we are moving in in many cases from a world of information asymmetry to a world of say information overload rather So hmm. the idea behind training people on habits and these cognitive skills why do you think it is so important today and why do you think people haven't been trained on them So what I don't think is just important today uh maybe it's even more important today but I think they've always been important and unfortunately largely been under addressed even before so I don't think there's this Special need to know them now. I wish you know everyone was trained on them earlier. I think the problem that we're really trying to solve at Harappa is um, the the understanding that there is a whole range of skills that you need to grow as a professional, right? For your professional success as well as your personal growth, which unfortunately remains unaddressed by formal higher education systems and often even formal school systems, right? And that is really the core of the problem that we are trying to solve. And then in investigating what those skills are, right? Um, you know, we sort of said that actually there are these five habits with, uh, that determine your success, both as a professional as well as an individual as an aspirational individual whatever job that you're doing right uh, and also the sense of being able to think deliberately consciously being able to solve problems being able to communicate effectively being able to work with others and all through this you know being able to govern and manage yourself right lead yourself even before you you could lead others and 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 that's really sort of you know the journey that this thinking of the problem to the curriculum framework that we had come together and why we named sort of the superset of her skill categories as habits is we feel like you're right to say that you know there is um honestly there, there is much less information in this asymmetry now in our world than it has ever been before right um but the fact is that it's not access to content and information alone that truly changes um you know how we behave and act um and we really wanted uh, i mean our aspiration of learning outcome or learning progress at harappa for a learner is the fact that not only they recall and they understand the co- concepts that we are teaching but they're actually able to demonstrate them in their real life right 
right like they actually become behaviors and then obviously repeated behaviors become habits because we don't want to leave the learner at a at okay you know this concept but how does it help you that's not true learning especially because we're working with adults right that's not true learning if you can't actually apply it and and that's why we chose to go with sort of the habits categorization and also in trying to solve this problem and thinking about this problem we said okay let's we really nerded out and geeked out and been very inspired by behavior science um behavior sciences and if their application to learning to ensure that the skill based courses that we are uh, offering essentially lead to demonstrated behaviors by our learners that's that's really interesting and and do you think because there is no such prototype like you said this market is uh, pretty under addressed and there are not a lot of products there are not a lot of online education companies that are focusing on changing behaviors of people rather there is rote skill learning and uh, so how do you think it is why why is it important for people to sort of cut through that noise because there are so many courses out there it's like particularly for your audience which is i would mm. say there are people who are going to enter the workforce or probably have a recent entrance and they generally have a very low attention and a retention span and now that there is so much clutter online how do you think they should cut through that and understand that there is yes there is a need to change behaviors so when we talk about startups when we talk about starting up something some venture we often talk to our customers we often speak to them and understand what are their needs so in your case uh, how did you do that so i think um understanding the need came from sort of understanding three or four different audiences uh, who make up sort of this ecosystem so one is obviously understanding the the pain points and the struggles of um organizations and the fact that organizations and teams um are most impacted by the fact that you know um their members or their employees won't have the requisite overall skills to be able to be effective right so i think there was a lot of conversation there second because obviously he um has had such a rich experience of over two decades working with exactly this audience group so i think you know um and i've also worked in higher education before and i think you know we've we've come across many young graduates right and have and have interacted very closely with people in in, in that age group and to and and know the struggles they have when they leave um education and move to the workplace right and the skills that they start feeling the pinch of not having so i think that was the second um uh, audience that we understood the aspirations of and and um and then obviously there is just so much secondary research uh, talking about these issues that like education employability gap and there is the fact that what changing right and fundamentally you know the you're right to say that the clutter of you know uh, a cool new technology that everybody is getting trained on right or a cool new program that everybody is learning the fact is that you know none of us know i mean we are all most of us are doing jobs that we were never trained or skilled for right I, you know i keep saying that i'm i'm the most unlikely entrepreneur of the kind of business that i run because i'm a non techie and a non mba i'm a liberal arts student right um I, there was no way when i was studying history in lsr that i would ever have imagined that you know maybe 6 17 18 years later i would be doing this so how could i have ever been trained for this but what has helped me i mean i think I, I, my personal belief 
beliefs in our curriculum is truly powered by the fact that i know that these are the skills that have led me to have such a rich serendipitous and completely diverse career journey because the fact is that if you don't know what your jobs are going to be how do you prepare for each one of them in college right, right? right. um and so you do have to have a certain set of foundational skills that will almost let you do anything that you want right and right. and which is what we believe our habits are if you can think well if you can solve problems you can work with people you can almost do anything and that and 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 that's what we talk about you know there is a there's a professor um in Harvard called Chris Dede and he he's come out with a book called the 60 year curriculum and we've had the privilege of interacting with with him a lot recently in the context of several initiatives that we've been doing at Harappa uh and you know he said something really interesting um that I'll never forget and uh, he said that the fact is most of us will have six to seven careers in our life not six to seven jobs and um it's high time that all of us understand that your colleges can't prepare you for your next job after college yeah. they have to prepare you for the fact that you will work for 60 years first as its life expectancy goes up and you will have six to seven careers so I, I, you know our real, our response to that is great of course to increase your employability and to you know be in the hot segments of the talent market of course do the do the immediate courses that you need to catch the trends or whatever is changing but the fact that you can catch those trends and be able to pivot in your careers underlying that ability will be the set of foundation skills that we believe harappa's curriculum offers that's really interesting and i mean like you said uh, our education system cannot really train us for those jobs rather careers like you said six to seven careers that mm-hmm. we're going to shift within and also i think uh, there is there is an inherent uh, quality inside people to sort of resist change and especially mm-hmm. now in the 21st century where where change this is the only constant and there's the jobs the job roles responsibilities are constantly evolving and i i see mm-hmm. that especially now due to covid a lot of uh, digital transformation has been happening inside inside a lot of uh, archaic uh, companies so and and you recently launched this course where particularly during the covid uh, crisis you launched this course where you teach people how to manage change so can we know a little bit more about that you know uh, yeah it's the embracing change course has been sort of one of the highlights of our year so far right uh, we made that um, it's not like we built that course in response to covid it was always a part of our curriculum again because we say that we you know our curriculum is built of cognitive social and behavioral skills embracing change is such a human uh, necessity right um, and i we all feel like we're going through change a lot but it's very interesting to start watching movies set in the 1920s 1930s you know I was watching the crown last night uh, and there they were talking about the post world war 2 era where queen elizabeth was taking the reign and how that was a time of great transformation because so many modern technologies and uh, workplace innovations were happening then so i think uh, you know human history is really um, the arc of change has always been there right so we we always had that 
was now of course it became so resonant um in the last four months and i think um it, this is one of i think possibly one of the best decisions that we have taken as a company is that we decided really both as a as a commitment to an educator um because i think at heart we are educators i think that's what we most value about what we do at harappa um we said okay let's just make this course free because uh, it will um, you know i think many people need it and we've been astounded by the fact that you know the response to it right like we have more than 80000 people 75000 people who have signed up for the course um and you know the course feedback rating after thousands of people have completed the course so i'm not speaking out, out of some sort of small base you know i think of around 10000 uh course feedback ratings that we've got from the course is 4.5 out of 5 right um and the course feedback rating can only happen when the course is completed that that's the only time that you know the learner is sought for that feedback so which means that around 10000 people have completed that course and given us rating so i Uh, and that course is built around elements from principles from positive psychology such as grit resilience you know how do you navigate through failure and uh, and who has ever been taught that but but who doesn't need that right and i think um, uh, you know earlier we before all of this happened the fact that we had that course and a lot of people was ask us that you know isn't this too fluzy and flaky and <laughs> and here we are where everyone in the world has had to encounter change so um, uh, and and how will you change careers how will you change anything if you first don't know how to deal with forget whatever that kind of changes which is why we feel these are foundational whether you're going from becoming an architect to becoming some a chef right whether you're going from becoming an engineer to becoming a social entrepreneur working in rural sanitation all of those requires deep um uh, deep changes that you have to build the muscles for um so you know um absolutely That, that makes a lot of sense, and also I think uh, there's there's a lot to do with the education system that we have been brought up in. Uh, since oh, in India particularly, students are slotted starting from eleventh grade. They are slotted in three categories, and then for a student to shift from one stream to another is rather it, it's rather impossible. So, and now that we see so recently. Uh, the new education policy came into picture, and we see that the policymakers now do realize that the lines between these different streams of education need to be blurred, and there should be more opportunities for students to switch. Right. Uh, firstly, do you think this change is timely? Is it? Is it the step? Is it the step in the right direction? Um, I don't think it's timely. I think it's very delayed. Right. I think its time was thirty years back, but. you know um thank the lord that it's here now and i hope that it will be implemented in spirit and and obviously not remain in the in the pages of the vision document i yeah. think there is just so much to be done and i think it's a huge mindset shift for schools for uh, institutions i do feel that for the new education policy i think that's the one that you're asking me about that autonomy choice right like just giving students and learners choices so very powerful and not type casting them so this sort of this need to over specialize so early Correct. is completely right. reductive yeah. is completely reductive and um, unnecessary to my mind right uh, and it absolutely stops the growth of other potential right. that the uh, uh, that a person might have so um i 
I really think that is the most transformational and exciting thing about that. And I told you my personal story, right? Um, and the fact is, not everybody would find the opportunities that I found over the last decade, so that I could, you know, whatever have the curiosity and then therefore have the courage to follow sort of uncharted paths. Um, that you know, I was constantly every three years trying out for something new, which helped me build a range, right, of um, of of several skills. And I feel like everything, you know, people ask me, my God, what is it that you're doing? That you know, we can't understand how your career has progressed. And I feel actually with Harappa, I'm using every skill I have learned in every job um, uh, across the kind of different industries. And I think people don't understand that power of that synthesis and convergence, right? And I think there is there is a need. Few, there is obviously there are few jobs in industries and role which need you to constantly build vertical depth and expertise. But I think most uh, uh, jobs and uh, and roles and most of our lives are really horizontal. They 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 bring together a breadth and a range of activities. And I think letting um, uh, students and individuals play around with that potential as early as possible, and not self-identify themselves. I'm a maths hater. I'm a history hater. I can't be creative because I can't draw. Um, I, I think all of that is actually been much more damaging um, and uh, much more damaging to really unleashing people's potential than we will ever really be able to calculate the compute. Right, right, right. And also, uh, do you think that especially there is there is this delay in in policy making, especially in education, and our spends uh, as a percentage of the total GDP in education have been consistently low. Uh, so, do you think there is a delay in in the sort of gratification we get from higher education or primary education, for that for that matter? Uh, and is that the reason you see that there is a delay in in policy that came out for education? Because once we once we change the system, we we change how people are educated in the country. The results of uh, the results of this new system will only be visible after say 15, 20 years. So, do you think that is that is the sort of uh, uh, lag that has created this delay? Or you know, of course, there's so many kinds of lag. There's just I mean, there's bulk. I don't think it's different um, to any other sector in which you would see lag. I mean, the government works at the pace that it works. Um, I, I I think the uh, you know the the pace of change is obviously not. You know, not as brisk as it needs to be. Of course, the complexities in the country like India are also so intense, right? Uh, um, and and I, mean, I I think these are such complicated issues that I don't want to sort of you know put them into a forty-second soundbite um, and, and and feel like that's there. But I, I, you know, there is a one of my favorite quotes. I uh, you know you just WhatsApp me and it's on my WhatsApp as well. Is a quote that I. I heard in reading an article about Jeff Bezos a few years back, and it's a Latin um, uh, phrase that says "gradatum ferocitor," which essentially means step by step ferociously. And I think when you're working at, I, I think it's it so beautifully captures to me anybody who wants to bring change, right? Um, that the fact is that it is a slow, arduous, often frustrating process, right? But um, and you have to take small steps and you have to take steps every day and those steps have to be ferocious, right? But you know that it's you're slowly inching towards change. And I think that is true for large public policy, um, you know, segments like education. I, I think as an entrepreneur working in education, 
you know i feel like it's a genuinely you know you're privileged to walk in a in in a time and a space where education is going through so many different formats there's so much experimentation there's so much innovation there's almost like a new um kind of system that is getting built so i think what it also does is create several opportunities um for hopefully impact oriented uh get smart and savvy uh, people to come and build um now because obviously we know the more inefficiencies and you know um and unused opportunities in a segment the greater it is for disruption innovation creating new and i think um it's very very exciting for entrepreneurs so i i choose to see it like that because of course something could have happened before and something right. could have and everything can always be better but um, where do you stop uh uh when you stop thinking about that and think okay this is what it is yeah. and what can i do here correct correct right i mean better late than never obviously then uh, yes so yes 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 you have to sort of embrace this and then sort of take those take those uh, baby steps also shashi your journey towards entrepreneurship has been very very interesting i was uh, so you were an author and used to write about entrepreneurs and then you moved on to become one so how has that journey been you know uh for 5 years back i would say yeah, never say never because i would say i'd never be an entrepreneur <laughs> although i think um and that was sort of like an existential moment that i had 3 years because there was something going on in my uh, professional life uh, it's been my first uh, sprint in higher education uh, i think I, the the fact is over that 8 10 years of writing about entrepreneurship i think slowly there was getting seeded in me sort of this urge to build and it's actually not very different you know um as people don't connect the dots but i think for me now it makes sense see even as a writer or a, or somebody who's written a book or used to write uh, the, um editor for magazine the fact is that you are a creator right you create right. you start you sit in front of a, a computer you have an empty word doc you have some stray conversations you read a few articles and you create something right and the book is really that uh it's your thought and i think that creators urge is is also an entrepreneurs urge right so in that sense i think that, like i wouldn't ghost write for anyone else i wouldn't want to build a business for anyone else so i think um uh, i i i've been able to explain and articulate this to myself obviously much later not you know you never know when you're feeling all this um but at some point that uh, that clarity comes so i think certainly um i followed my creators urge I think second. I think second. Um, the having had the benefit of meeting so many ambitious uh, uh, entrepreneurs and seeing so many people's personal journeys, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, you're smart, but I could do this too, right? And and the fact is that you know, the just the passion I think entrepreneurs have uh, when they speak about what they do. is 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 very infectious right like you want some of that um, you want to be in the throes of building a, a business that means so much to you um and i think that that is a core spirit that i learned from having met and interviewed many entrepreneurs so uh, and the third thing is especially when i was editor of ink um, in india right and i was editor of ink in india for four years and i i felt i feel like now looking back that was almost like a phd in entrepreneurship for me because you're bringing on an entrepreneurship magazine like month after month there were 80 pages worth of um, content related to entrepreneurship um and i think i ha- I-, i i try and apply so much whether it's on branding whether it's on workplace design whether it's on team structure 
so much of that i i can see myself you know having had soaked in then and now be so excited that i actually have a chance to apply it um, which others might not so um i think it was it was actually a great preparation obviously i don't think it's a journey that happens for too many um uh, uh, journalists that you know they would become entrepreneurs but it almost uh, it seems weird to people but it almost seemed natural to me right and also i think you can only you can only connect dots backwards and and absolutely it absolutely it's all coming to yeah to you now. yeah and absolutely and my husband's an also an entrepreneur um oh, you know okay. he's founded two companies uh, one in agritech agtech and one in um, fintech and you know he's raised a few rounds funding his five six two companies and over the last wow. 10 years I, you know i've also seen that um, Uh, right, obviously right. Uh, very up close and personal uh, and also just seeing his drive um, i think i've learned a lot of not what not to do by watching him <laughs> because i think you're so critical of your spouses so yeah. uh, i i think uh, i think all of that um, adds uh, to this right that's that's a good way to learn actually and i mean uh, i being an entrepreneur myself i i knew that there are possibly two ways to do it one is to probably jump into it directly the other ways to wait understand things and then do it properly and i think everybody yeah. has uh, their own path and uh, you're doing yeah, fantastically yeah. well <laughs> thank you no and honestly i think when it started it was a perfect storm that i uh, i think came together for me in the last in the two and a half years almost three years back now when started seriously to keep up kind of far, right and i think a friend who's actually also used to be a fellow journalist um said it to be one was the fact that i think uh, i had started to feel like i needed a lot of ownership over whatever i did um and i think that sort of giving into the creator's urge that be about became clear to me um and you know charting my own path second is uh, you know someone like prama who's like co-founder who's just such a noted figure in, and right. and i worked together for several years um said we should do something together right and then right. you know i had worked in higher education through that women's mba program by then enough to see the opportunity that education holds as both a impact business as well as a potential for a very large business in a country like india um uh, and so i remember sp- talking about this with my friend who told me this is if not now when if not who um who way that you know he meant from us then with whom right and if not this then what and i remember like he asked me these three questions and i was like of course and you know i don't want to gloss over the privileges that i have the fact is that you know um because of a uh, because of a certain standard of living uh, thankfully afforded by my husband's career i've had the privilege to be able to make these shifts as well without really my family's my you know my husband's life or my son's life being really impacted by that like it's a bonus and you know i i i, I don't um, over you know i don't overlook that privilege and either do i overlook the privilege of uh, somebody betting on me um like a pramath has done um to uh, to sort of let me have a free hand at this so i think it a lot of things come together so it's never as deliberate as i want to be an entrepreneur and, hey what get what i'm leading a great company like harappa you you know it's much more messy yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's all it's all uh, small things coming together at the at the right time yes yeah great Tracy so this was this was absolutely uh, amazing it was it was amazing to catch up with you to 
know more about what you are building how did you start up and uh, your journey so far uh, so thanks a lot for doing this thanks a lot for taking out the time and uh, all the be- all the very best uh, for harappa education thank you so very much thank you thank you so much for having me and all the very best uh, to your podcast and to you um, made get many many listeners <laughs>